listening to a podcast from The National. The UAE is practically synonymous with luxury cars, and on any day of the week you are likely to see marks such as Lamborghini, Bentley, Ferrari and Maserati. But there is one name that has long sat at the top of the automotive tree, Rolls-Royce. That's the Rolls-Royce Ghost, and this is the Business Extra podcast. My name is Chris Nelson, and to get the inside track on the grand dame of high-end motoring, I'm visiting Abu Dhabi Motors, the most successful dealership of Rolls-Royce in the Middle East, to talk to its general manager, Arno Husselman. He told us how Rolls-Royce is targeting young, newly-minted billionaires, and what a successful 2017 it was for the dealership and the company in general. Motors, it was a fantastic year because um, we were one of the very few organizations in the UAE or in the Middle East as a fact that had growth. Um, with Rolls-Royce, we um, had about a 3% growth and with BMW, for the first time ever, we sold over 15,000 cars. So the premium segment has been doing well mm-hmm. and uh, our products have been very well accepted in the market. We have seen a lot of other companies go backwards, but ours have risen. And uh, so we're really pleased. I think the uh, the, the type of products that we bring in the premium segment, um, the customers for these cars um, are less affected by the economic downturns. Um, and in particular with Rolls-Royce being in the upper premium segment, they are buying cars because they want to. Uh, there's nobody that needs to buy the car, they want to buy the vehicle. And, and that is our benefit. The Rolls-Royce customer, uh, if you can afford to spend one or two million and more dirhams on a motor car, they have more money than that. Nobody goes and empties their bank account to buy a Rolls-Royce. Mm. So uh, we, we, we are definitely less affected. There are some customers that might be affected in, in making a purchasing decision because of the circumstances surrounding them. You know, they, they, they might be um, concerned about the economic situation in, in general. Mm-hmm. They, they might be concerned um, about VAT coming out now and saying, maybe if I hold back a little bit longer, I'm going to get used to it or, or maybe things will change. Um, you know, the oil price hasn't reached its full level yet. There will be some companies that are not doing as well as before. Mm-hmm. And I think we could probably see that in the oil sector as a good example. And so there, there, there are a couple of, and maybe just politically, some people would feel, is it a good time to be buying, uh, you know, a more prestigious car now? Um, but it's been very consistent and, and, and there has been growth. So we have nothing to complain about. So was, was last year an improvement on 2016? Yes, it was. It was an improvement over last year. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we sell in you know, Chris, I wish I could be exact with the numbers, but um, it's a small number of cars up, it, it, but an improvement. We definitely sold more cars in, in 2017 and 2016, okay. a 3% growth increase. But in the provenance sector, we had, a, we had quite a significant increase there. The, the growth was nearly 15%. Just briefly explain what the provenance sector is. Uh, the provenance sector is the used car, the trade-ins that we had. Okay. So as, as our business is growing, of course, you know, we've been selling Rolls Royces from 2003 mm-hmm. when BMW took uh, you know, ownership of the brand. And we, we're getting seemingly every year more and more trade-ins coming in. So um, a lot of, if, if you own a Rolls Royce, what next? Mm. Another Rolls Royce. You, you know, you're not easily going to leave the brand. So we, we are definitely also retaining a, a higher level of customers. And, and that's why the increase in provenance cars. We're getting more trade-ins coming in and therefore selling more used cars as well. Or, and as we call provenance. Yeah, so, so the provenance sales are going up, but also sales of new are going up as well. Sales of new are going up and provenance sales have gone up. 
And do, do you see that continuing through this year? The good news for us is that we've got the Phantom coming, yeah. uh, who has arrived, just arrived now, and, and there's a demand for the Phantom. So we have more customers wanting the cars than we can supply. So this will, will have some limiting effect uh, for us because the Phantom globally, it's the first new Phantom BMW has launched since 2003. So the previous car was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And in year 15 comes the new one. There's big demand and the car is, of course, as good as the first one was a, an improvement over the previous one. So there's demand and we will not get supply. Mm-hmm. We, we have a waiting list and so have most other dealers in the world uh, got a waiting list for this model. Then we've got the big car coming for us later in the year, the and it will be the uh, Cullinan. Yeah, that's right, yeah. The high side um, all-terrain activity vehicle. And th- this car, there's an enormous demand for. We've got a very substantial booking list for the vehicle, mm-hmm. but we will not be able to supply all those cars. Yeah. If I could supply all those cars, I would have a giant leap over last year's performance right, as well. Right. But but it depends on supply. Yeah. Um, it, it, really, the year's performance will depend on supply. Yeah. So so it is a situation where you could sell everyone that you got. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, and more. It's ex- it, we, we definitely expect a growth this year, uh, with the only caveat being can the factory cope with the production. Because as, as selfish as I would like to be and say, give all the cars to me, there's a, there's a world market out there, a global market, and, and I'm not going to get everything that I want, for sure not, unfortunately. Speaking globally, the sales growth and delivery trajectory that this particular dealership has been on is extraordinary yes. compared yes. to others. Yes, quite right. Where else is, is the significant demand? Uh, there's one market which absolutely went crazy last year, which was China. The Chinese market as a whole had a 40% growth last year, I believe. If I remember the numbers correctly, Torsten Ulf was printed 40% growth in 2017, and we did not have a percentage like that. And, and that would be the one reason we, we, we are probably aware that we didn't sell the most Rolls-Royce cars in the world last year. Yes, so, so China had the biggest growth, and the U.S. market has had big growth. Mm-hmm. So um, the percentage there is much smaller. I, I don't believe they released a percentage increase for the USA. However, it's also a strong market. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we have always been a competitor for Beverly Hills. Right. That's one of the markets which, which we've been, we, we've always beaten them, but yeah. they've been close, you know, yeah. so we've always, we were, from November we start watching them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like but, Manchester United, Manchester City. 100% right, yeah, they, they, they're close enough and they watch us all the time as well. So, uh, you know, we, we, we fortunately always have the leg up, but China, China is the, has been the biggest growth. Yeah. And, and that presumably can only, can only continue really. Um, yeah, you know they've they've had ups and downs as well in China in or in in not not in Rolls Royce per se but they've always been very consistent and strong, but but we didn't we know that we last year we achieved for example I you know I can tell you we we exceeded our fifteen hundredth car with Rolls Royce and we were the second market in the world to get that and and uh, although I do not know who the first market it has to be somebody probably in China who's got there who got there slightly first and I don't know whether they beat us by one or two months mm-hmm. to get there but mm-hmm. but it's it's always a close race yeah. and maybe the and we, with a Cullinan we have all the chance in the world to probably surpass them again Absolutely. so we have to wait and see how the market will unfold yeah. but this year will be um, a, a, the, the challenge we foresee is not the demand it's the the supply mm-hmm. when it comes to planning for the for the your strategy for the year so for this year coming what are the, the basic primaries that you, you, you've got to know about before you can kind of set targets for what you might like to, to be able to do? We'll, we're very close to our customers. So, so we've got to know where the demand is lying. You know, in terms of models, you know, which models are selling the best. And for us, of course, at this point in time, the Wraith is the best seller. This is the demand for the vehicle uh, where the biggest demand lies. Uh, we've got good demand for Dawn and Ghost. 
um, and the phantom is a strong seller. Um, but the phantom cannot reach the volumes, for example, that you will get in, in the Wraith. Mm-hmm. Um, it, because it's the bigger car, it is the car that is preferred by many to be Shafir driven in. Although Rolls-Royce with a new car, and this is where we see a change taking place. They've addressed that and they've, made the, they've given the car um, different driving characteristics. And really, okay. the Phantom is now a driver's car as well. But it is big. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, people buy a Rolls-Royce for different reasons. It's, it's, although it can perfectly perform as a daily-use car, people tend not to use it as a daily-use car because of its price level. And, and they, uh, the Rolls-Royce customer typically has maybe seven or more cars mm-hmm. in the UAE, seven or more cars in the household. And is that unusual to the UAE? or is that yeah, yeah, Probably for the Middle East, I think it's a, it might even be a fairly similar uh, number. Yeah. Or, um, uh, you know, the other markets probably where there's similar similarities. Yeah. But, uh, maybe not for the rest of the world. You know, we, we have space here. You know, the, yes, of course. We, we have space. We don't pay taxes. Yeah. Um, the income levels are high. And therefore, people have more disposable income. And they have a great appreciation for the luxury that the Rolls-Royce represents, upper premium luxury, because uh, you, you, the situation here is that the, the, the people are born into money often. And so from a very young age, as a baby, this child starts traveling first or business class. Mm-hmm. They stay in the best hotels in the world when they go on travel or holiday. They eat in the best restaurants in the world. They shop in the best boutiques in the world. They get exposed to this luxury level and they grow up with it with high levels of customer services. You know, at, at that level, everybody is very um, careful to retain their customers and they're, they're all customer-centric organizations, as we are. And we're always looking to refine our customer services. So these customers are demanding and, uh, and we need to keep up with the, with the pace. And we have the perfect product for them. Of course, yeah. Um, it's interesting that you know you say you say a lot of a lot of the customers that are possibly born into money, but there's a whole new uh, raft of, of yes. you know app billionaires and such, and that, that's a much younger audience. Now it seems to me that that some of the models we have now are deliberately targeted more towards that younger, um, huge affluence, mm-hmm. the younger uh, nouveau riche, if you like. How um, has Rolls, do you think, taken that on board, and how will it? How will it develop that approach? You, you're completely correct in saying that. Um, you know, w- when we look at the, f- uh, the, the model range as when Rolls-Royce started under BMW, we had the Phantom, then we had the, the Drop-It and the Phantom Coupe. So what, what the direction that they took, they, they, they looked at people in their 20s becoming billionaires now, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. You know, the, the, going back 30, 40, 50 years, you, you had to become a slightly older individual if you didn't inherit all your money mm-hmm. to become this. And they can become billionaires so quickly that they, they become really wealthy in a short age and they're looking for the premium cars like Rolls-Royce. But nobody wants, you know, a, a, a product that is only targeted at, at uh, your older generation, you know. They identified this and they came out with a, with a Wraith and then the Dawn. So, but Phantom Drop It and Phantom Coupe will be stopped because we now have these other models aimed at the, the younger market. And, uh, and and the Phantom is popular amongst all ranges because it's a great car to be Shafir driven in as well, uh, as, as it is to drive right now, but it's, it, it has so many purposes. And the Wraith and Dawn, which are the real popular sellers, are catering for that younger market. And then, of course, you've got the new Cullinan, which opens a whole new world for us. Mm-hmm. You know, as a high-side vehicle or an all-terrain vehicle, this, this, uh, this vehicle we know is going to be extremely popular in our market because it covers all the bases for that premium segment. It would take some nerve to take a Rolls-Royce off-road, though. I mean, you know, yeah. it was designed for it. You're so right. Look, there, there will no doubt, if you watch YouTube, the videos will come out soon enough because in this region, there, there are guys who, who 
you know, they can afford to treat their cars in a, in a, in a, in a, in a different way and use it in a different way. And they're going to go out there to show. The good news that we've had is that when they were doing the testing here in the Middle East, they, they, they went and did a lot of desert driving, one for the heat, but also to test the, the all-terrain capabilities of the vehicle. And, and I know that if you, the typical, what you would call, as you know, a 4x4, and you can think of the brands that are known as 4x4s, yeah. they had these cars as measures in the desert, and the, they, they came back, and, and I did not expect this, but they said that the Cullinan outperformed these cars in desert use. So this is a big and a heavy car, but they've got very new technology built into the um, all-terrain system, and, and, I, and I can't wait to test it and see how it is going to work. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, you, you know, um, the average man would probably buy the car as a, um, as a big car to be seen in because it is an imposing vehicle. It's a huge Big car, and I think also it, it particularly for the UAE, it fills a, um, a, a, an obvious market in that you know the four by four is is the car of choice from you know right from your, your, your cheapest Kia runabout to up to you know your, your top end BMWs yes. and such. So it's a smart move from Rolls to do that, and relatively speaking, it only it came about in three years. I think I'm right in saying that's very quick. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to take you back to the beginning, uh, Chris. In, in about seven years ago. We were having dinner with, uh, who was then the man leading Rolls-Royce Logue, it was Karl-Heinz Kalbfeld. And um, we were sitting at this table and he said, what, what do you dealers as want from Rolls-Royce next? And I said to him, we, we want an all-terrain vehicle. And, and to, to, to my surprise, he didn't quite fall off his chair. He took it and he said, that's a very interesting idea. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take that idea and run with it. And if you look what has happened with four-wheel, with all-terrain vehicles and four-by-fours, I mean, they are dominating. And every brand, you, you, you take a brand like Porsche. Porsche is, you think, of, if I say Porsche, you think about 911. But the fact is that Porsche for several years have been selling more Cayennes and Macans than they have 911s. Porsche is not a sports car manufacturer anymore. They're a four-wheel drive company. <laughs> and, and you take all the brands like Bentley has got four-wheel drive. Lamborghini is launching one now. They, the, the rumors have started that Ferrari will build one. So all the premium cars, BMW launched the X5. Now the X7 is coming. Mercedes have got a whole range of four-wheel drive cars like we have. So th- this segment has been the, the, the biggest growth and, and still growing and enormous. And the, the, the wonderful thing about these things is that they are all-terrain vehicles. You're getting a much larger size car. Um, you get powerful engines. You've got four-wheel traction. So whether it's raining or snowing, you know, or whether you're on sand, you have the car can do everything which your normal car isn't capable of. So that segment has grown. The reason it is taken Rolls-Royce from that time, one, they had some years to, to make the decision. They needed to take and say, which direction do we go? And as they're asking today, where do we go next with Rolls-Royce? What would be the next product that we will bring that will be iconic and fit the brand and, and you know, help maintain the brand's um, status. And then, of course, the engineering of Rolls-Royce will take years. You know, when it comes onto the road, this has to be a Rolls-Royce. Mm. This is not a car that you would expect to break down on the road or, or that will have flaws and, and the press will say, yes, nice car, but yeah, no, th- this is going to be a Rolls-Royce. It looks like a Rolls-Royce and it will perform like one. So they, they've got it. I've got no doubt they've got it right. The manufacturer is happy they've got it right. And uh, we look forward to getting that car here later this year, so the public can start enjoying it. And uh, move, as you say, moving into into possibly what comes after that, how how would you see the next logical step possibly for for Rolls to take? I mean, you you can think outside the box. I like Aston Martin building a boat, for instance. Right. Um, you know, what what do you think Rolls my, might my, do? My personal opinion is that um, 
where's the Rolls Royce for the guy that wakes up on a Friday morning here or a Sunday morning in Europe and says, you know, I, I need to go down to the local shop to, to buy the bread and milk. Everybody's resting and I want to go for a nice drive, you know, maybe even take some highway out there and go and enjoy myself. Um, what, what do we give a customer like that? So if you ask me what I would like to see, it would be a, a two-seater roadster um, with a big, powerful V12 engine, a nice, big, imposing car, a true Rolls-Royce quality, and this is the man's private car. He goes out for that Friday morning, that enjoyment, put the top down, enjoy the fresh air, and, and he can go out, come back, and he says, you know, that got the cobwebs out, you know, that's so they're gone. So that's what I would like to see personally. And I mentioned that to Roswell. Hopefully, let's see what happens. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it would be magnificent because we've got the bases covered. We have the big car, the Phantom, the family vehicle. We've got the, we've got the Ghost, which is a beautiful midsize, uh, you know, for Roswell, a midsize yeah. vehicle. And then we've got the, the Dawn and, and uh, we've got now the Cullinan coming. We've got a, a great range of cars. Um, obviously, a lot of the cars now, well, primarily bespoke, uh, built, but you also offer um, customers who, who have the time and the money absolutely one-off editions, yes. um, yes. but primarily they're, they're automotive works of art, aren't they? Yes. Um, have you seen, uh, the, how have you seen the delivery levels of those over the past year, okay. a couple of years? It, it, it's, it's actually you know, increased. We, we sell just over, call it 99% of all our cars that we sell are bespoke. Mm. 99% of the cars we sell bespoke, the average, the average, so some are very high and some would be a little bit less, the average bespoke content is um, $25,000 per car. So um, it, it's, uh, we, we mostly into the colors and the leathers and the combinations that we can put together to make a, a Rolls Royce more unique. You know, people don't like buying the same thing. And, and it's been a very proven thing in our market that bespoke is, is extremely popular. We've been with the global bespoke dealer nine years in a row. Um, so so that, that will continue to grow. That's one of the strengths that we have in Rolls-Royce. A Rolls-Royce looks great in a monotone, but it also looks fantastic in a two-tone. And then we've got any color of combination of leather trim and piping and stitching and tricolor seats and bicolor seats and all these things that we can do. And then, and then they, yes, they have you know, this complete different uh, bespoke concept where they can, like with a swiptail, mm. where they can completely change your car and for 10 million dollars you can have what you like yeah. uh, they'll take the base car and and modify it enormously yeah. so and and it's it's really engineered we had the car with us for some time um because the customer that bought that car is, is british but he he's mooring his yacht here in yas island and uh, he brought that car to the uae to use it here mm. so it will be serviced by us and we'll take good care of the car it was really a pleasure to have it here for a while yeah. and and have a look at the car and see the, the the quality the detail that they put in it's it's like a car that was engineered to be mass produced yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and not that the rolls will ever be mass produced but it was so well put together yeah. there wasn't a thing we looked so hard i looked to find something that's not it was just perfectly done yeah. Well, we'd hope so for 10 million dollars. Absolutely right, yes. <laughs> but, and he's enjoying his car. He's a yeah, sure proud he owner of that. Yeah. One in the world. Yeah. Um, obviously, again, looking forward, I mean, right across the motor manufacturing uh, sector is the, the electric revolution. Uh, I wonder, is Rolls-Royce ever going to consider doing um, electric Rolls-Royces, or does that take away from what a Rolls really is? A thousand percent, yes. The, the beauty about the electric cars is that, firstly, it's very quiet. 
This is exactly what the Rolls-Royce stands for. The car, we, we, we um, are proud to say that the Phantom is the quietest car in the world. Electric cars remove the sound. So you, you've, got, you've got a number of things that are important, but the, the most being that it helps to, for the silence of the vehicle when it is uh, wafting along. And, and secondly, the power delivery. You know, a, a Rolls-Royce is a heavy car. To build that level of comfort and ride quality and safety into the vehicle and the, to give it the presence that it has, it's got to be a big, heavy car. You, you, you cannot make this car from just pure lightweight materials. Um, and, and the size itself alone will call for a larger chassis and, and, and a big engine. And so the electric car, as battery power uh, is improved and the technology uh, becomes you know, better and closer to perfection, the time will come when there will be electric Rolls-Royce, and they've already built one. They built a Phantom electric car, which has been tested. We had the car here in the UAE, and um, it, it's a very clear message from the BMW Group as a whole that uh, we will go electrification. I mean, in Europe and in uh, Germany and in the UK, they've more or less said that 2040 is the yeah. timetable for the stopping of when all petrol engine production, diesel engines will stop, yeah. and then all cars have to be electrified. Yeah. So electrification in line with autonomous driving are two things that go hand in hand, and these things are perfectly suited to premium driving. And obviously being owned by BMW, the technology is already in-house, isn't it? You Absolutely. You don't have to outsource that. Quite right. Um, okay, so we can imagine an electric, we will get electric Rolls-Royces. Obviously, the step up from electric is autonomous. Is, is yes. BMW looking at an autonomous Rolls-Royce? The, the steps are clear. We, we already have, with our cars, we've got active cruise control. The first step of autonomous driving is feet off. So, in other words, you don't have to press the brake or the accelerator. So, what our cars can do now, and that's most of the, the upper range in the BMWs and with Rolls-Royce, you've got active cruise control, activate it when you're driving, and the car will maintain a safe distance from the traffic in front of you. So, you don't have to put your foot on the brake or the petrol at all. If you set your cruise limit at 120 or 140, and you can just by a flick of a switch, you can up or, or, or lower that range, um, the car will maintain that speed. If the traffic in front of you comes to a complete stop, because of, for example, an accident in the road, the, 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 our car, the Rolls-Royce, will come to a complete stop. The moment the traffic starts moving, the car will follow by keeping that safe distance. It will follow the cars and go up to the speed that you had set at. So already you could drive with your feet off. The next thing is going to be hands-off. We've started with that. At this point in time, we've got um, you know, lane um, departure control. And what it means is that you could drive in the, in, in the lanes and the car still veers a little bit left and right, but it won't cross the line. Mm -hmm. it, will, it will pull the car back into the line the moment it touches either the left or the right side uh, highway lines. Um, with, with full autonomous control, this will be a little bit more accurate in the future and it will probably keep the car exactly in the center of its lane. We, we are nearly there. The one thereafter would be eyes off. So you'd be able to drive the car and you would not even need to look at the roads. That will be stage three. And stage four will be brain off, when, when you can literally turn the seat around, look at the passengers behind you, and you can work on your iPad or have a discussion with the people, the occupants in the car. Mm -hmm. and, and BMW, uh, uh, the group, have confirmed that they will launch their first fully autonomous car by 2021. And uh, that will be the iNext model. And it's, so the technology is three years away. Mm. And it's all, of course, cross-model cross um, usable. Uh, yes, it would be. It, this technology will go from one car to the other. The technology will all be the same. And, 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 and the good thing is that the manufacturer have all realized that they've got to work to a common cause, uh, you know, with a common purpose, and it will save money on the development cost, but that they all do the same thing. Because if you need different satellites to do different things, it will just add to the cost and create confusion with, with, with uh, you know, government regulators and, and things like that. 
So um, it, it's on the way. And I think um, from that point of view, government regulations and stuff with Dubai and, and you know, it's pushed towards smart city and Abu yes. Dhabi, you know, a similar path. Um, yes, it makes a very much. sensible place to, for Rolls-Royce to, to, um, to, to launch that kind of um, approach, I would have thought. 100% right. Yeah, you know, the, the UAE as a country, um, Dubai is probably more vociferous with what they are doing. Um, you know, Abu Dhabi is more conservative in, in, in the way that they communicate, uh, you know, with the international community, I guess. Um, we are like Washington, you know, where the power and the money is here, yeah, and Dubai is like New York, you know, it's a tourist city, you know. Come and spend money and go to the beach and everything's good, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's on the way. It's, we, we, we'll, be, we'll be definitely up there yeah, and get the very latest so quickly. Yeah. And would you see... Have you had people um, inquiring about about that potential customers? Oh yes, absolutely. We, we've already had inquiries about when is electric cars coming, and uh, you know, can can the car drive itself and all that. So yeah, it's it's it, people are very curious about that. Yeah. I think it will be a very good thing for 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 most markets. You know, the traffic is just increasing and increasing, and and you know, uh, the, the, you've been here nine years, and I think even in your time, you've seen in nine years how traffic has grown. And the cameras have come, and speeds. Everybody's slowing down, and the penalties are more severe now. It's it's changing, and 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 sometimes maybe the enjoyment of driving a car can be, especially when you get into the city traffic and that frustration it becomes frustrating. It would be pretty neat, you know. And the phone does keep on ringing, or you hear ding ding, you know, WhatsApp messages, all things coming through. It would be quite neat to be able to just say, let's let's hand over, and and in my book. It should come automatically. It should come the moment you enter this. BMW have always maintained that you'll always be able to drive the car. Still, no matter what, on autonomous driving, you'll have a steering wheel in your hand and you'd be able to activate either autonomous driving or, or, you'll, or you'll allow the car, you to drive it. And, and that's, that's a good thing on the highway. But I think when you enter the city environment, it'll be like a toll gate. You should go through a toll gate and the car automatically will switch to autonomous driving because of congestion and to avoid accidents and all these things. And, and then literally you can take up your electronic goods and you can start answering emails and your messages and make phone calls. And, and then no matter how distracted you are, you don't have to worry about the road and other road users don't have to worry about you yeah. being distracted. And for our customers here, who you can see how they veer on the road when they drive. It would be a perfect solution for everybody to, to have this. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to get electric Rolls Royces. We're going to get driverless Rolls Royces. Is there flying Rolls Royces? I guess, I guess. If the demand is there and, 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 and the technology does exist, but it will be a Rolls Royce of, you know, we already make the engines. You know, they're a bit big for a car, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. they exist. I, I guess, yes, I, I would put nothing off the table. Yeah. No, I think I think Rolls Royce is a progressive company. Absolutely, and I think that it shows with what they're doing so far that it's very forward looking. Very much so. They've been extremely successful, and 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 that's why we've got such a big customer base. They've done everything till now to perfection, and and I'm very sure. And and as we can see from the waiting list starting, the the, the Cullinan is very is going to be a very acceptable car, especially for our market here. But I think from what I hear, Russia, China, the US, the people are coming for the car. Many thanks to Arno Husselman for that luxurious jaunt down the highways and byways of Upper Crust Motoring. I feel positively relaxed. My name is Chris Nelson, and that was the Business Extra podcast. You can find us at thenational.ae, on Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll talk to you next week.